course, just want to encourage you uh, because there's uh, obviously there's a whole bunch of people that are on vacation, but one person I want you to really pray for, and that's Lloyd. Because you know Lloyd, he can't speak, right? And his right arm is very limited. So he has decided to go to Tennessee and drive by himself. And he's going to spend a week down there. So he texted me a couple of times yesterday, and he said the GPS took him to the wrong place. So last night he ended up in Connecticut to spend the night. So I texted him this morning, and he must have something on his phone because he couldn't talk because I'm driving, which tells me then I think he's headed to Tennessee because the text I got last night said, uh, I'm, I'm now headed home, which I think he meant that he's headed to Tennessee. So just please pray for him because um, the ability to both concentrate and to be able to navigate by himself, Holy Spirit, be with him. Holy Spirit, you guide him. Jesus, you said that you're going to leave for a while, but you're going to leave us the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to guide Lloyd supernaturally, supernaturally, even if he has to speak, Lord, whatever you have to do to get him to be able to get there. And Lord, let there be a greeting there for him. Lord, let there not be anything that's awkward or people that judge him, Lord. Let this, he really is trying to be a man and make his own way. So we ask this in Jesus' name. And the other exciting part is, is that we got Sophie and Ashley back there. This is so awesome. Hermine, who's been here for the last, I don't know, 15 years on and off, but more specifically from well, probably the last 12 years, uh, from Jamaica and Sandra and different ones. Well, uh, there's obviously our heart. We did a an outreach in Jamaica for a number of years with medical equipment and X-ray machines and all kinds of uh, food for the poor. That's there in Kingston. We just shipped in a whole bunch of stuff, but most of our time was in Ocho Rios because we love the people in Ocho Rios and I love the mother's ice cream. So, amen. And so. Uh, <laughs> We've been to Triel. Got a got because I love they have they have some uh, rum ice cream. It is just it is it is the best. So uh, I asked Sophie. I said, "Oh, I introduced myself first, and I could hear the the sound because I'm trying to be careful because sometimes you can misjudge which country somebody's from." And so in turn, I said, "Are you from Jamaica?" And she said, "Yes." And she said, "Well, I'm." I said, "Okay." I said, "Oh, if." Where are you from? She says, well, I'm kind of from the country. I'm thinking, Triel? She says, no. She's up at the top of Dunn's River Fall. Okay, now, I just want you to, to, as I bring the word, and I'm going to try to to, to clarify why why we are where we are, but I want you to know how significant you are when we come together. Okay? Because your part is important. Now, we had the witness of Ecclesiastics with two, with uh, Val and Judy. And see, so when you come to church, you should be watching for all the confirmations that you already have inside of you. And then you see others say, oh, yeah, well, that's where I was. Well, that's what he said to me. Oh, well, that's been on my heart. See, to where then in turn, you may have the next part of the whole picture. Okay. So what I find interesting is, is because this shift or this move, the word that came over Sean Wilder and I. Well, Of course, uh, Sophie didn't realize that I knew where she was from because everybody will say, oh, yeah, I know where that is, and they don't know where it is. So 
what's interesting is, is that we had a taxi cab driver. It's called Fern Gully in Jamaica. In Jamaica. And Dun River Falls, where are now these beautiful falls, and all along this road, all the way up to the top, are nothing but ferns, beautiful, beautiful ferns. And if you haven't eaten, Kathy loves them. If you love the ferns, the little curl, Kathy, do you like those, Sophie, the ferns? Come on. So we won't talk about we won't talk about the jerk chicken and the pork, but that's a whole story in itself. But but I want you to know the hand of God, because where that road is used to be the river. And an earthquake came and changed the direction of the river, which created the Dun River's Falls. So I'm saying that because of the affirmation of the prophetic word, there's a change that's coming for the leadership, Sean and I, as a team, if you will. Then in confirming that this, only God could change the direction of that river. Man could not have done that. And so in turn, God is changing direction. And so I felt bad for Sophie, and and I I bless you, Ashley, because Hermine, and she talked to Belinda into going, and then Tammy went, and I'm not sure there might be a fourth person. They all went down to Jersey because there's a church down there that, um, that Hermine knows the pastor down there, so they were all going to go down to church down there. So Sophie had texted Brenda. Do you call her Brenda or do you call her Hermine? Hermine. And so in turn, she texted her and said, I'm coming to church. Did she respond? She probably didn't want to because she's thinking, I'm not there. Amen? Amen. But I just want you to, I mean, I, my heart is just so tender this morning. The last couple of days, um, there was a reason why I wanted uh, this song. I asked Kathy to sing this song. Usually we have Judy with the guitar. And so she usually uh, fills in the voids. But there's, where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say. What you pray, I'll pray. But I want you to realize we're not just singers of songs. Okay? Because every word that comes out of your mouth is accounted for. And we just sing songs. Singing just songs without the spirit of life is just idle words. Because the word says, speak in spiritual songs and spiritual hymns when you come together. Well, there's only one way that can happen. By the spirit. Amen. And so I wanted to just kind of take us on a little bit of a, uh, of a journey, if you will. Because you are purposed, I know every single day, because I can see it, the evidence is in your lives, that you're trying to take a pause, trying to take a say law, and you're really trying to learn how to walk by the Spirit. And the only way that's granted is when the Father recognizes your heart and you become desperate because you realize your decisions are life before you. They're significant, your actions, your reactions. And we've all seen enough of the stuff the poor decisions and the wrong reactions and the we talked about uh, attitudes, the hard attitudes. We've seen that. But this song was so significant because I think it's really, really important to try and uh, place us in a view according to his word 
of what's taking place. Because the word said, Jesus only did what he saw you do. He would only say what he heard you speak. He would only move when he felt you lead, following your heart, following your spirit. But this is the part I'm going to focus on. How could I expect to walk without you? When every move Jesus made was in surrender. That word surrender, I want that to really stand out for you this morning. Because yielding to the Holy Spirit, surrendering, allowing God to do whatever he desires to do, whether we agree with it or not. That's important. Because submission is doing something that you're asked to do and you don't want to do it, but you're willing to submit to it. Submitting to something you don't mind doing really isn't submission. Hello? But the thing that I thought was important is, is that when we recognize Jesus, because his surrender was in nothing of himself. He wasn't looking to the benefits of himself, what gain he would have from it. His surrender was in a purpose, first to love the Father and show his expression of his love for the Father. But then is also his love for you and I, for mankind, God's creation. And so as I begin to kind of walk through this, uh, this little journey, if you will, because this place of surrender... Jesus' motive was nothing of self. Obviously because he was watching what the Father was doing. He heard what the Father was saying. But in itself, he began to then move out of compassion. And I just want you to think about surrender. Not seeking anything else for self-gain. The surrender was not motivated by a gain. Jesus had nothing to gain. He gave everything to lose. So when I begin to form this, this sound of this word surrender, it's really pretty wonderful because the Holy Spirit, I mean, stop and think about it. Six months ago, think about where you were personally, where you were spiritually, uh, Val, your family, and the things that are going around. Look at the change that's transpired in these last six months. That's through surrender, not out of self-help books, not pointing the finger at somebody saying what they're doing wrong or what they need to do right. No, it's been through prayer. It's been by love. It's been by an example. It's been spending time with them, right? And seeing that, my gosh, I, I never thought that they would even call me back. Or, my goodness, I thought they'd ever even, even accept me. These are the things that are really, really important. But I want you to listen to now this word of compassion, just a couple of scriptures. This is Matthew 9, verse 36. Seeing the people, Jesus, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a pastor. Matthew 14, 14. When Jesus went ashore, He saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them. And he healed their sick. 
everything that Jesus had his focus on out of his heart. When you stop and think about, I watched what the Father was doing and I did what he did. The word says that if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, if Jesus was born 100% man, born out of the womb of Mary, right? Then in turn walked a whole physical human life. Before he died and before he was resurrected, he had the ability to see what the Father was doing. Then in turn, everything that reflected in and through his actions revealed the Father. So compassion that we have for other people, even love, filial love, our fleshly love, our soulish love, can never be in comparison to the love of God. And let me just say this. The reason why Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. Because your love is not adequate to love the most holy God. But as his son was not even able to love God with his own filial, soulish love, he had to become the love of the Father. We don't just displace our love with God's love. We become love. God does not do love. He is love. We do love under our own conditions. Our own standard. Well, you didn't love me, Ray, so I, you know, when you love me, I'm going to love you. Or, gee... What can I pull together? And then I get it together, and then the next thing I, I feel so, oh, you know, help, help-wise and everything. I'm like, I'm so happy that it's all gone. I'm like, wow, I must have did it right. <laughs> it's the simplest things. Because an attitude could have been, I'm not fixing you anything. Why don't you go down to Kentucky Fried and buy me something to eat? But compassion moves, and that's the Spirit of God coming, Jesus living inside of you, the Holy Spirit saying, let's greet this. Let's greet this, because it may begin to soften the heart. And what did Jesus do that he was most criticized, besides healing on the Sabbath? What was the most critical thing that all of the Pharisees and the Sadducees had against Jesus? He ate with sinners. He hung out with those that were not lovable. And so in turn, what we find ourselves now, and I'm just going to read you a list of of their very uh, biblical, biblical attitudes, if you will, or motivations. But I want you to listen to these as I begin to read them in regards to surrender, not expecting anything in return. Jesus loved the Father so greatly that everything that he did was out of compassion because he wanted to love the Father, obviously please him, don't we purpose to please our fathers? Then in turn, he had such a burden and a crying out for humanity made in God's image, right? And the things that continued 
to cause him to move forward is is that, Father, I want to see every person be restored as it was with Adam and Eve. I'm going to give my life. I'm going to give them all that you have given me. That they can walk with you once again. That's what that compassion drove. It wasn't just feeling bad for them. It wasn't just wanting to get out of their circumstance or their mess. He said, my life is important enough and my relationship with the Father, I'm willing to go down to earth and give it all up. Isn't that incredible? So when you talk about surrender, motives, compassion. Because I want you to listen to these because these are all biblical and they're all good. Salvation, eternal life. I don't want to die. I want to be eternally living before the Lord. Or is the motivation to be with the Father? We knew one, one really precious brother that uh, was in a point in his life in the ministry that he had such compassion for this one person. He said, Father, if I have to give up my eternal salvation, I will do it for this one. What greater love can a man present but one that would lay his life down for another? That just blew my mind when he told me. I, I, I had never heard that before. Now again, surrender for his promises, personal fulfillment, destiny, the books written concerning you. How about the crown of glory? That's not a bad thing. I'll surrender. Sure, I don't need anything. For that crown, absolutely. about advancing his kingdom. I surrender. I'll, I'll be in the forefront. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Spiritual warfare, fasting, praying, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll surrender. How about preparing for his second coming? Yeah, I don't need this world. I don't need the riches of this world. I don't need to have a fancy house. I don't even need to have friends. I'll be like John the Baptist. I'll announce his coming. I'll declare that the king is coming. Yeah. I'll surrender to that. Right, they may not like me. They may shun me. I may lose half my family. <laughs> or worse. Today's day, somebody could shoot you, run you over, or whatever, just because who you carry inside of you. Right. It's not you. They hate him. It's the desperation of the world. It's the spirit of the age. Because everybody's trying to fill a hole with something on this realm and it never can be filled. 
Because you were created for that place that God, and that's what Jesus is restoring right now, preparing a dwelling place for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as a habitation, as a permanent dwelling place. And everybody else is trying to fill that with drugs and love and everything else that they think they can find. And it's never going to satisfy. It's never going to fill that hole. So all the places of surrender that I just mentioned, how about this? Or compassion. A deep love for the Father. A deep love for one another. And our motive? To help others in our life reach their destiny, the fulfillment of the books written concerning them, and experience every word written concerning them. See, as I began to look at this, I was going all over the place this week. Um, Read out a whole bunch of just the Spirit was flowing and I'm moving and Paul and all the things in uh, Acts chapter 9 of the things that he'd have to suffer and I had all these I had all the stuff that God and all of a sudden it was, it, there was no anointing on it. And I'm thinking, okay, now what do I do? Because you may think that many people because they've been ministering for a long time you can just stand up here and it's pretty easy. I, know, I get sick to my stomach. I get butterflies because I know I'm accountable. Right. So I'm just saying, even even as much as last night, I went to bed a little bit early. I'm just saying, Lord, I'm not e- at ease with this. I am just I, you know, because I heard you go. I got up at three. I got up at three o'clock. I'm just saying, maybe you're interceding for me. I don't know. That's just like I just, Lord, I'm just not. I'm just not settled with this. So then it's like four o'clock, and then it's like quarter to five, and I'm thinking. I just figure, oh, okay, it's about 10 minutes to 6. I'm just going to get up. And I said, Holy Spirit, I, I don't want to just stand there and just not say anything. And before, I went to bed last night, before I went to sleep last night, uh, for, the, for those listening, I'm the pastor's wife. <laughs> yeah, we've been married 50 years, uh, so I'm Right, not, right, yeah. if you're from a foreign country listening to this. Um, and I go, so... So, honey, like, what's the word tomorrow? I'm so excited about it. And he didn't say anything. And he goes, I said, I'm, my spirit is in just such anticipation. And um, he just looked at me and uh, I said, oh, is it a secret? And he goes, yeah, it's a secret. Well, well, it I didn't even know what it was. It was a secret. So then I, because there are certain songs that just um, overtake me. And this is one of those. Because we so desire, I know it's in our spirit to walk separated from all this soulish stuff that takes up so much of our time, that wastes up all of our energy, and has really no spiritual good. In many cases, not even any earthly good. But when I said, could that surrender be in such a place that as Jesus was a servant to all, that your and my life would be given so as a motivation that everything that I did, everything that I was purposed to do, 
was to come alongside of you, to strengthen you, to help you, to keep in the food bank, every relationship that I had. Would that be my sole motivation? Whether there is a crown, whether there's rewards in heaven. Jesus said, oh, you fed me when I was hungry. And you clothed me when I was naked. Well, wouldn't we do that? Because there are people that go out and clothe and feed to get their reward right here. They get all their recognition and all the hallelujahs, but there's nothing in heaven waiting for them. Because you've got your lot. You got what you wanted. So why the priests? Oh, they throw the ashes all over them and they pray. So everybody could see how holy they are and how much time they spend praying. I don't have my glasses. Is that, is that Patricia? Oh, praise God. They look like trees all around for me, so I'm just. But I want to go back to that. Because, see, why is it important that every relationship, every forthcoming relationship, should be our focus and that heart of compassion, and that there isn't anything that we have in hopes to gain from it? Right. Just look at Matt and um, Gina. See, they've become part of my story. So for my books to be fulfilled, I've got to allow myself to draw, to have them a part of my life, and that I'm part of theirs, because now I'm part of their story. And if I choose not to be part of their story, then guess what? If you've ever read a book and you've gotten halfway through the book, all of a sudden somebody isn't there. Where did the person go? They had such a relationship. They were so strong together. Look at all the things. They were going in the mountains. They were calling up those valleys to rise. They were moving in places where they had never gone before. But now they're not here. And see, that's this value of surrender right now. Because see, this koinia, this love relationship, because he's showing us where our love fails. I know he is, because he loves you so much, as soon as you get a kink in your face, when somebody says, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, that just that little, little heartbeat becomes daggers, and yeah, I'm going to get back at you. But the love of God, see, this whole surrender, this place of expecting no gain, and unfortunately, there are huge huge ministries that it's all about what is in this for me. Bigger buildings, a larger staff, more cars. I got a jet. I go to the nations. I have pamphlets. I've written a book or maybe ten. I'm not criticizing because God uses every person to be able to find those that he wants to touch. Did you ever read about a donkey in the Bible that came to someone because they wouldn't accept the word of God and a donkey would speak to them and they paid attention, didn't they? Mm -hmm. 
But what's important as we begin to move forward, and I just wanted to kind of create this, this word picture for you, in places that our love, our relationship, and the future relationships that are yet to come, we need to pay attention. Because the word warns us about saying, I have no use for you, Raka. You're not good enough to hang out with me, Brian. I don't have time for you. Because see, Brian's part of my picture. That started as one of my tenants a long time ago. Exactly. You work, you work for Bill. Yep. He put the carpet in this place. That's right. Thank you. That's right. That's right. Thank you for reminding me. And see, every, every person in our life, if we would come underneath them, people in the food, but I don't care who, if you just come underneath them and say, is there anything I can do? Because that's what's so awesome right now. We've talked a little bit about this. Uh, I want to call them kids, the young people. Of these very settings that we find ourselves in. Because God is establishing a love in the earth. Because the only way that Jesus could have authority over heaven and earth after he rose from the dead was in turn that love that was within himself that God would then give him all authority. Authority does not come unless God's love has so saturated you that every decision that you choose to use your authority in is through love. Now his word talks about tough love and some of us have have gotten that tough love every once in a while. Whether it be through our parents or through God himself or the angel giving us a little poke. Yeah. Okay. There was a few years back. I went to New York to visit his, my uh, boyfriend's sister mm-hmm. down in Syracuse. I took my car because I was supposed to go by bus for my sister. I wasn't, she wasn't supposed to know that <laughs> okay. I took the car. So I drove down there, and on the way back, I'm crossing the Hudson River mm-hmm. twice. I'm standing there, I'm sitting there behind the wheel, scratching my head. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't remember crossing the Hudson <laughs> River on the way down. So I kind of stopped in a roadside somewhere, pulled off, and asked a few questions. I got a hold of a trucker. I'm like, can you send me the right direction? I'm looking for Rutland, Vermont. He finally sends me in the right direction. But do you know, I did not get out and under that steering wheel until I hit Woodstock. The place that you're referring to, Val, is if you are not uh, really equipped and prepared for that changeover into Rutland with all the traffic and getting over to that side, it is not easy. But just stop and think about the very things that God has allowed us to walk through. Right. Now, isn't that interesting that God would bring that back now? Right. For all of us to hear part of her story, come on, I just you've got to engage with yeah. this. Yeah. Because you are a living part of this house. This building's got nothing to do with who we are. That's right. 
And see, these are the very things that make you so important to God and important to my story because I need you. And that's going to be very interesting to see. <laughs> my sister was not a very happy camper when I did get back home. When she found out I took the car to Sarah kissed me over and got back from the car. She's like, I don't know if I should the bus. For, forgive Val, Father. Forgive Val. We forgive her. But I'm looking at, okay, now you just take this first morning that now Sophie and Ashley, how old are you, Ashley, my ask? 16. Listen to that. Listen to that. No. That's what I'm talking about. Are you ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ashley. Happy birthday to you. Hallelujah. Is that awesome? Now, actually, you're going to be known all over the world. Our podcasts... Uh, we have about 4,600 4, people that listen to them over the last three or four months. So that, and that even goes to Russia. So everybody's going to join in celebrating your birthday. Amen. But see, what's, what's important is, um, and, I, and I know it's probably a little uncomfortable for Sophie because Hermine isn't here, but not knowing anybody. But you want to realize that life, the spirit of life, the abiding presence of God has brought you to the place where you find your place. Because we keep, you know, we try to dress, we comb our hair, we try to talk, we try to do all the things to fit in. What does the word say? God, 1 Corinthians 13, God places those in the house, in the body, as it pleases who? Him. Me? No. Him. And see, that's what's so wonderful when we, when we see the history of the temple. You're the best, Val. I love your boots, too. I love your boots. But if you take the temple, there was not a saw. There wasn't anything that transpired of its shaping on site. Everything was done hundreds of miles away. Stop and think about this. Hundreds of miles away, each stone was etched. Because the word says you could not hear the sound of a chisel in Jerusalem. So every stone was carved and it was all brought together. Never needed to be adjusted. Every stone had its place. So why are you here? And what is, uh, what is uh, 1 Peter? Living stones. You're not a house made with hands. This building, God does not need this building. It brings us acceptance in the community and we're a church and they can like us because we have you know, pillars and we've got all kinds of fun stuff that makes us acceptable in New England. 
But God says, who can build a house for me? (laughs) But he said, I, I can form and fashion a dwelling place that not just for myself, but my son and my Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to, I'll just blow your, uh, your theology a little bit for the by and by for in my father's house there are many mansions well in my father's house there are many dwelling places in my father's house there are many dwelling places not made with hand just make sure there's a gym there too exactly (laughs) father we thank you Father, we thank you for the household. We thank you we're part of the greater family. Father, the very things that you're speaking, as it was with Judy and uh, Val, thank you, that you're speaking, Father. We don't have to create 52 weeks of a word that's sent out that unifies your church. So they're all speaking the same message. Father, your spirit, those who are led by the spirit are the sons. And Father, you are one who knows how to get your message out. You know how to make your work living and alive to where your word doesn't return void. So Father, I just thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for every living part, every living member, Father, that was here this morning and yielded, surrendered to that which you asked for us to do, Father. Now you accomplish. You accomplish, Father, what you desire to do. And let that surrender become a lifestyle. Not just a good word. A heart attitude. We ask this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. away last night to do with drugs. Please let this be aware to your family and your children that it is a serious, serious problem. Mm-hmm. Serious. What was his name? Travis. Travis. Tra- sorry, sorry, sorry. Brandon. Brandon. Oh, Father, I ask you to comfort, comfort the family, make yourself known.